Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandysfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. This episode of The Brand is Female is brought to you by the University of Toronto and Rotman School of Management's one-year executive MBA program. In only 13 months, you can earn your MBA outside of regular working hours, which means you can keep succeeding in the workplace while directly applying your new skills for immediate impact. With more people coming back to the office, now's a great time to stand out at your place of work with impressive business acumen, leadership, and strategic skills. The Rotman School is committed to gender equity and is supportive in their aim to elevate female leaders. You won't be on your own. Executive MBA participants benefit from Rotman's excellent reputation, top faculty, and a strong network for life. They also get best-in-class leadership development and career services, including career support after graduation. Apply now to start in fall 2022 for your chance to be selected for a generous merit-based entrance award. Visit the website to find out about the program and sign up for a webinar to learn more. Visit www.rotmanemba.com. That's R-O-T-M-A-N-E-M-B-A.com. This week, my guest is Kate Bouchard, CEO and founder of Loba, an innovative new pill-slash-supplement organizer that both looks great and makes your life easier. Kate conceived Loba after experiencing health challenges herself and starting a natural treatment plan, which included taking a number of supplements. Uninspired by options available on the market, she set out to create her own. Her net goal with Loba is to create new daily rituals and support others on their path to wellness. Here is our conversation. Kate, it's a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for making time to speak with me. Of course. It's so nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. And I like to start these conversations by asking guests to rewind and time, go back in time a little bit. And I'm curious to ask you, growing up, what did you dream of doing later in life as a career? And did the idea of you know having your own business one day even cross your mind at that point? Mm, yeah. When Actually, when I was a young girl, I wanted to be an actress. Uh, I really love storytelling and evoking emotion and uh, sort of loved when I was a kid playing dress up and, and um, you know, becoming a character. Uh, so, you know, I think that in a way, the field that I originally went into, branding and marketing, kind of tapped into a bit of a similar theme around storytelling and, and evoking emotion. Um, but, you know, I, I was surrounded by business people growing up. And I have to admit that when I was in my late teens, I was actually writing business plans uh, for different business <laughs> ideas I had. So the first one was a spa that I wanted to own and then later a home decor and design store. So it's not a surprise to me, I think, that I ended up both in marketing and branding to start my career and then eventually became an entrepreneur. Hmm. And uh, so tell me a bit about that journey uh, from working in a, in a different field. When did you realize you wanted to start your own business? And what was that process like? Was it just, you know, an idea that kind of made its way over time? Was it kind of a, an overnight aha moment or how did it come about for you? Yeah, I think, 
you know, as I developed experience and built my career in uh, marketing, branding, advertising, and communications, I I worked in a small agency, and then I moved on to the client side of things. And I, uh, you know, I think that as I mentioned from my late teens, I always was interested in having my own business, and I grew up around entrepreneurs. My parents uh, had their own companies. And, uh, you know, I sort of, I think it was a more of a slow, slow burn, a slow build, if you will, towards mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. I, after a number of years at a health organization out here in BC, I decided that I was ready to, to do my own thing. And so about four years ago, I left uh, the corporate world and started my own marketing agency called Armature Collective. So I've been an entrepreneur now for four years doing that, working with clients and creative and strategic freelancers on uh, marketing and advertising and branding projects. Mm-hmm. And the idea for, for Loba specifically was something uh, that I had probably in my, in my late 20s. Um, so some time ago now when I was on my own health journey and um, you know, seeing the need for a product like Loba really came from my own experience seeing naturopaths and seeking traditional medical care for some health challenges I was having. And there really wasn't anything that met my functional needs and also looked great in my home in the pill organizer category. And so that was also something that I, I considered for some time. And I was building my, my other business, Armature, at the time. And uh, it brought me now here today to launching Loba Wellness and our smart Loba pill organizer. Wonderful. Um, and I'm curious, you know, prior to you launching your business or even now, um, who are role models to you and were there women specifically who uh, maybe inspired you on your path? And this could have been when you were younger or, you know, more recently when you did start your business. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm so lucky to have been surrounded by some pretty amazing women and women in business. I think I think the woman who's made the greatest impact on my perspective is actually my, my grandmother, Lois, my uh, paternal grandmother. You know, she was born of a time where a woman's role was, was seen much more as, you know, raising children. And, and she did that, but there's an entrepreneurial spirit in here in in her. And she really put it to use. Uh, She was one of the founding team members of a nonprofit here in British Columbia called SOS Children's Village. And yeah, SOS Children's Village uh, has worked to make a difference for for children in foster care who were just, especially at the time that they they founded, were really facing some horrible experiences in the system. And my grandma is just, she's such a connector and a networker and just gets it done. And so I learned, I learned a lot from watching her and hearing all the stories of the no's that they got and the naysayers and the people saying, this is just the way things are done. And, um, you know, you're not going to be able to change anything or make a difference. It, it really moves me to this day that, uh, the community came together around her and around the other founders to really make an impact and a positive difference on foster children in, in BC. Uh, so yeah, she was definitely someone that I've, I've always looked up to and still is. I also, had a boss uh, in one of my my jobs working in health named Marissa Adair. And Marissa just is such a wonderful leader. She's um, inspiring and motivating and very much made me feel trusted and helped Mm -hmm. grow my confidence. 
in project management and in my field and as a leader myself. And she just, uh, you know, really was influential, I think, in, in the path that I, that I went on. Mm, love hearing that. Um, when you started your business and really there, there, there were kind of two because you, you had your own uh, consulting agency uh, and now with Loba. Mm-hmm. Um, so for either one, what is one challenge you faced that maybe you hadn't foreseen? Something that, you know, kind of came from the left field and maybe even something you knew, you, you knew about before, uh, before embarking on this process. <laughs> and hindsight's always 2020, so it's always easier to look back. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of challenges with Loba, um, but in really, in ways that have helped me to grow and learn um, as a leader and as someone who hasn't had experience with manufacturing and, and developing a hardware product, mm-hmm. um, I decided to undertake Loba during a pandemic yep. <laughs> where there were major supply chain issues all mm-hmm. around the world mm-hmm. in manufacturing in an area that I didn't know much about going into it. So definitely just the, the learnings for me was a challenge, but one that I, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's specific challenges along the way, like when we were, when we got quotes from different manufacturers that we were looking to work with, um, you know, we went back to one and in a period of, I think it was two months, their, their price per unit had almost doubled (laughs) Mm, than what we originally received. And so there's just a lot of pivots along the way of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in this process that where it was definitely a challenge. Uh, finding financing and funding, I think, in a startup, especially in something like hardware, and then also, you know, we're hardware SaaS, where we've we're, we've developed a, a custom mobile application on both Android and iPhone. Um, you know, there funding for these types of things it requires a lot of of cash up front, right? And um, so that was something that I've had a, lear- a lot of learning about as well, and. We've been really lucky thus far and have had a lot of interest in, um, you know, investment and that kind of thing. So all of them have been challenges that thus far we've overcome, Mm -hmm. um, but definitely uh, felt hard at the time. And what is, if you know, if you had to share kind of your advice to somebody who is considering starting a business uh, you, you know, you mentioned launching in, the, in a in a pandemic, and, and it's funny because I've had a few conversations with entrepreneurs where you know either there was a big project or a new location that was opening just as COVID hit. Uh, so you know, we did see uh, our our resilience being tested. We mm-hmm. had to become very creative as entrepreneurs, generally speaking. But uh, you know, in in normal times, what would be your advice for somebody who is looking to start their business from the ground up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're at the very beginning phase of looking to start a business, I think that you really want to take the time to do your research, to look into the market opportunity, mm-hmm. to investigate um, the competition and potential you know, alternative products or services. Really take your time in those beginning stages to do discovery, to really think through everything. Because if you have a solid foundation of strategy that you have uh, researched and thought through and spent time on, I think that it's easier to. I think that it's easier to deal with those challenges as they arise and to, and to pivot. If you have a really strong foundation and basis for uh, why you're starting this company, why you know what 
problem you're solving and who your target audience is. Like do all that groundwork to start definitely. And, and, you know, assess along the way there's, there's lots of opportunity to, to change your idea and to adapt mm-hmm. your idea. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's many points of, of, of exit if you need to. So create off ramps for yourself at, at all the various stages. And especially as you invest either, you know, your own money or, um, seek fundraising or take on, on debt. Um, you know, I think it's really good at each step of the way to, to analyze where you're at and what the next step's going to take and mm-hmm. base that all in, in strategy and that foundation that you built from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good advice. Um, as the leader for your company, as the founder, what does leadership mean to you? And do you think as a woman, you are bringing specific leadership traits to your role um, not to say that, you know, men can't share those traits, but something that mm-hmm. is, that is specific to you as a, as a woman running your own business. Mm-hmm. So leadership to me is about having a vision. And I think a good leader inspires people around them and around that vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the best leaders I've seen also, they'll dig in and they'll get their hands dirty alongside their team to make things happen. And especially as a startup, you're going to be there, you know, it's going to feel lonely a lot of time. You will be in it alone to start and you need to inspire others to want to um, be a part of your company, be a part of your vision. But you need to get it done. <laughs> you need to get in there and, and um, execute. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're, to me, leadership has to have confidence and direction, but also a lot of humility and curiosity and and seeking others' opinions and advice and then having having the conviction to make and own the final decision. Mm -hmm. But seeking support along the way. And, you know, I, I think that when I think of the leaders in my life who have inspired me or who have influenced me, they each of them has always really wanted to see me succeed yeah. and, and do well. And so the best leaders, I think, take a personal pride in, in seeing the success of, of each person who works with them and each person on their team. Uh, and your, the second part of your question was around uh, female leadership. And I think, mm-hmm. I think empathy and emotional intelligence is something that women leaders especially can bring to the table and to their teams you know, IQ only gets you so far and yeah. IQ gets you the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And it, everything is about relationships. And so I think that um, women are connectors and relationship builders. And, and like you say, not that that's something that men don't have. Um, many of them, many of them do. But I think that it's something that, that uniquely women very naturally bring to the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance to give to women in business. 
This episode of The Brand is Female is brought to you by the University of Toronto and Rotman School of Management's one-year executive MBA. With people coming back to the office, now is a great time to deepen your business acumen, leadership, and strategic skills while you continue in your job. To find out more about the 13-month program, sign up for the online Fireside Chat series featuring female graduates on May 12th and June 2nd. Visit the website to learn more about the program and sign up for the chats. RotmanEMBA.com. That's R-O-T-M-A-N-E-M-B-A.com. In, you know, you're at the at the head of a startup. Um, mm-hmm. Has your experience been that there are sufficient resources in place, experts that you can call on, and, you know, this might be, Uh, government resources, it could be financial institutions, it could be experts from different backgrounds. And, you know, as a woman, as a female founder yourself, do you wish there were certain structures in place or initiatives that could offer uh, additional support? In other words, was there something lacking? Is there still something lacking when you are looking for, uh, you know, that that advice, that professional opinion, uh, just support in general? You know, I've been really lucky in that um, I've, I've found, I think, networks to be involved with that support female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. There's groups here um, in Vancouver and in Canada, like the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs, I talk about a lot, and, you know, WeBC. And I think there's a lot of networking opportunities and education opportunities out there. And I think it's just about what you, what you do with them. And I, you know, was a mentor. Uh, a mentee as a part of the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs uh, mentorship program. And I had a, a wonderful uh, mentor who, you know, helped me move Loba forward and encouraged me to move Loba forward. And um, through those networks and, and through her support, I've been introduced to to others. I, I've, I've spoken to, you know, since the idea for Loba, since I first decided to pursue this idea, I've spoken to hun- hundreds of people who very willingly introduced me to the next person to speak to, or, Hey, I think you should talk to this person. They, they, you know, um, have some connections at venture capital firms or, Hey, have you heard about this grant program or, Hey, you should look into that. And so I think really, uh, I've seen a lot of supports thus far where I know it to be truly more of a challenge for women is in, in fundraising. I think it was Mm -hmm. like 4% of all, uh, angel and venture capitalist um, investments went to women, four mm-hmm. percent, and I believe that's North American stat. Yeah. And I also heard recently, and I, I don't um, have the source off the top of my head, but that in the past year, that's gone down to two percent of all funding going to women-led mm. uh, startups and companies. So I know that to be a true challenge and a true problem, and. Um, we are, we haven't done any official rounds of, um, fundraising yet. We're looking at possibly doing a, a seed round later this year. Um, but we've been able to access debt financing through some of these programs like Futurepreneur, BDC, uh, WeBC. And then I also had two angel investors come on quite early friends and family angels who, uh, joined us in, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So, but I do know that when you get to raising, you know, large runs, rounds of capital, there's a huge challenge for women led businesses. So mm-hmm. I haven't yet experienced that. It's, it's something we're going to be looking at doing in, in fall. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. 
We'll we'll come back and check in and see how that worked out for you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, you obviously there is a connection, you know, between your product and you, you've uh, you've touched on a little bit what what inspired you to want to create that specific product. So I want to ask you about wellness overall yeah. and. You know, I, I hate that um, as women, we often get uh, the concept of work-life balance imposed, you know, mm-hmm. to us. And I don't yes. think there is such a thing. I think we can strive towards balance, but it's been kind of sold that is as this ultimate ideal that is simply unattainable. Mm. Um, but that being said, there are things we can do to maximize our well-being and stay grounded and really stay sane amidst it all. Mm -hmm. So what are those things for you and what does your approach to wellness and self-care, even though I don't love that expression, but what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting that that you mentioned not liking the the term self-care. I think it can be, it has been a little bit overused, I think. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and associated a little bit with like a selfishness or beauty regimen or that kind of thing. But the idea of, of wellness to me and, um, you know, sort of in mind, body and soul, really for me, it's about ritual. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and you'll mm-hmm. see us talk about ritual a lot yeah. at Loba and with the Loba products. To me, my wellness comes from my daily rituals and my daily habits. And so it's moving my body getting exercise in a way that serves me on that day. And some, some days that may be like high intensity spin class or going for a run and others that may look like just stretching for five minutes in the morning. Um, you know, having that flexibility to not be so hard on myself if today, you know, all I, I can muster is a little stretch and I'm not mm-hmm. hitting the gym for two hours. So I think flexibility in the concept of wellness, you know, moving my body, definitely meditation is a part of my, my personal practice. Uh, if I don't do it every day, I do it, you know, almost every other day. Uh, reading for me, disconnecting from my devices, I think, mm-hmm. you know, technology and, and Loba is a, a tech product. It is a smart pill organizer that's connected to Wi-Fi and, mm-hmm. and are managed through our app. Um, but for me, using technology in a way that, that complements and adds to my wellness versus takes away from my mental health, mm-hmm. um, you know, disconnecting from my device Uh, in advance before bed, um, picking up a real physical, tangible book (laughs) and holding it in my hands and reading it, Um, yoga, uh, and my supplementation program, which is uh, a huge part of of my wellness practice. I, as I mentioned, had some health challenges and and still struggle with, with some of them. And that's those started in my late 20s. And supplement seeing, you know, my traditional um doctor and and traditional medical care was really important to me but also mm-hmm. seeing my naturopath and mm-hmm. um doing supplementation to support my body and its in its healing and its wellness made a huge difference for me mm-hmm. huge and so much of that has to do with consistency mm-hmm. um you know supplementation uh taking taking you know different vitamins and herbal therapies it really does. It's not a overnight fix, right? Yeah, it really yeah. does take consistency and time and it needs to become a part of your practice. And that's, you know, when I was taking multiple pills multiple times a day and all I could find were these, you know, inexpensive, very unattractive <laughs> highlighter color pill organizers <laughs> at the drugstore. 
that just didn't meet my functional needs and yeah. didn't make me feel, didn't make it make taking my, my pills and supplements like part of a, a ritual, a positive mm-hmm. ritual in my life. It, it did the opposite. It made me feel like something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was the inspiration for, for Loba and, and it really does connect to the idea of, of wellness. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and thank you for filling that need because, uh, yeah. I also believe in supplements and that has been challenging to those old school pill organizers. Yeah. Don't really, don't really vibe with my, my general approach to design. Yeah, exactly. And, and for me, I don't know about you, but for me, the energy and the aesthetics of my space is so important mm-hmm. to my mental health and, um, and, and to my being. And, I want something that's beautiful to look at and mm-hmm. that feels great to use and uh, adds to my day versus detracts from it. Like in, in the discovery and research process that I, you know, mentioned as part of the advice to people looking to start a business in, in the discovery and research that I did for Loba, I was hearing all these stories of people, you know, hiding their, their pill organizers when, when company came to visit right? because mm-hmm. they were so unattractive and, they made, they didn't want to be asked about, Oh, like why, what, what are you taking pills for? What's, you know, yeah, what's going exactly. on? What's wrong with you? Are you okay? Yeah. Um, they didn't want to feel like, um, you know, someone with, with medical issues and challenges when these were things that were creating a positive difference in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard, I interviewed naturopaths and I heard, I, I love this story in that, you know, people who invest in, in naturopathy and supplementation and their wellness, they care about the aesthetics of their space. They, they, you know, care about, um, their presentation. And this one naturopath was telling me a story about how this patient of hers, very well-dressed, put together woman would come into the clinic with her designer handbag. And one day she pulled a Ziploc bag <laughs> out of her purse with supplements in it and said like, is there, do you know of anything better to organize my pills? Mm-hmm. Because this is not working. And then we're using single-use plastic yeah. as a you know a stopgap to try to meet our functional needs. And so I just I really saw this this market opportunity and this gap to um, tap into the you know positive sentiment around taking care of yourself that that hadn't to me hadn't been met yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, and speaking of uh, Loba and speaking of what you're what you're building with the brand, so what's one thing you're excited about in upcoming months? And I know, you know, anybody who's ordering a product right now, I believe you're still taking pre-orders. So yes, I'm assuming yeah. official launch of the product is going to be an exciting milestone. Uh, so what's on the horizon for the next few months for you? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're exactly right. I'm I'm very focused on getting the getting the first pre-orders of Loba delivered to our very first customers. It's it's super exciting. I can't wait to get it in their hands. The amount of um, energy and excitement that we've had from our community and from our early uh, customers and followers has just been so encouraging. It's you know we're we're launching our app right now in beta. And we've had customers come forward and answer our call to participate in beta testing for the mm-hmm. app and say they want to be a part of it. And so, you know, in addition to getting the product delivered and getting feedback from people and, and continuing to improve uh, both the app and our little pill organizers and product line, I just, I'm so excited to start making a difference for the people in their daily lives and to support their wellness uh, in more ways than just pill organizers. I'm, I'm very excited to build this business and this brand and, and the sense of community and also contribution 
contribution is really important to us. And as we grow as a, as a company and scale as a company, I'm really excited about the positive contribution that we can make in, um, you know, some of the areas that we care about that are connected to wellness. Mm, well, excited to see uh, what that all of that entails. Um, question I love asking my guests on the show, mm-hmm. what's one thing you wish women would do more of and what's one thing you wish women would do less of? Oh, good question. You know, I think that I wish that women asked more for what they want mm-hmm. in, in business and in their career specifically. I sometimes see a hesitation to say what what we need at work and to make moves if we're not getting it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I wish, yeah, I wish women asked more for what they needed in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And what's one thing you'd like them to do less of? I think we are all much too hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, would agree. I, I see a lot of, yeah, I see a lot of guilt if, you know, a ball drops or, um, Yeah, I just, I think that I wish women gave themselves a type of understanding that they often give others mm-hmm. and just had sort of instant self-forgiveness, instant mm-hmm. self-forgiveness. Um, we're all doing our best and mm-hmm. it's extremely challenging times, especially now yes. with what we've all been through and what's going on in the world today. And so yeah. just having a bit of um, forgiveness for self and space for imperfection. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, actually, I'll add one question. What is one way or several ways that you offer support, that you show support for other women? Maybe it's other female founders, maybe it's women, younger women coming onto their workplace. How do you support uh, fellow women, basically? Mm-hmm. Love that question. I think it's it's so important. I do a number of things and, and at Loba, a part of our contribution philosophy is that we truly believe that when women rise, we all do. Mm-hmm. And so we're really committed to mentoring young women in business. So I've been a mentor to a number of women over the past few years who are, uh, they may not be entrepreneurs, they may be just sort of, you know, starting their careers or looking to make a career change. And it's one of the things that brings me great joy. I also uh, have worked with coaching clients. I work with a select number of, of clients and in, in a focus on purpose. And a lot of them tend to be small business owners or entrepreneurs themselves. And that's one of the greatest pleasures is, is working with them and helping them to really find what drives them and, and make moves um, in their careers and in their lives. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, Kate, speaking with you today, hearing about your business and your journey, wishing you the best for the official launch of Loba and excited to see what comes next. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope. Yeah.